1: Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and tonight we're going to be talking about...
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about meeting the bio mom. I know we've talked about that before, but there's always something to say. We're going to talk about how to manage the inevitable inequality in the home. Um, We're going to talk about the fact that all of our children are half their other parents and we're going to talk about when your stepkids don't listen to you and lastly parent parent alienation. We have a very full night ahead of I us. I know there was
1: another one I wanted to add and just realized that we couldn't. So <laughs> we couldn't. next week. We have some new subscribers listening that are writing into us. So thank you guys for that. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to find out when we go on live and be a part of all these uh, podcast with us if you guys have questions we love to interact with you guys and write back and um, if you're enjoying this throughout it just hit that thumbs up button and uh, leave us those reviews you guys so
0: Absolutely. let's get started yeah So our questions are all from our listeners tonight. So thank you again for writing in. If you guys want to write in your questions, message us, email us. Um, We're usually able to get your questions on air and, you know, as soon as possible. All right. So the first one a listener writes in and everything's anonymous, of course. So I've been listening to you for months now. Um, so typically on my long drive to and from work, thank you so much for listening in. Um, her first question though is, is it odd that I've never met my fiance's, I think she fiance's kids bio mom. Okay. They share 50, 50 custody. I look after their daughter along with mine during the week and homeschool all the kids by myself. Ooh. And yet, she's never asked to meet me. I personally feel like this is strange. I don't know all the right ways to handle a blended family. We have my kids full-time, obviously, so I never have to manage my kids going to another home. That's nice. Um, I feel like I would want to meet my ex's new partner, especially if they were spending most of their time um, with my children. So that's question one.
1: Yeah, you know, like, Kind of like count your blessings, (laughs) you know. For some people, in some situations, you know. Other times, it's like you know that is that's a good thing. That's uh, you know that'll be nice. I don't know. What's your feelings on this?
0: Well, I think that an added layer here is that she doesn't, she can't relate, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really big issue. That not in necessarily this situation, but one of the hardest things about um, marriage in a blended family is that your spouse can't relate or empathize with what you're going through. Right. You know, um, take our co-parenting for, and it, it, for instance, like, you have it differently than I do. Totally. Yeah. So sometimes it's frustrating, like, it can be frustrating that I don't appreciate what you have or you don't empathize with what I'm going through. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that that is with blended family relationships just something to be aware of um as you're moving on with what are you laughing at i'm
1: changing cords as we go <laughs> i'm doing live switching you guys as we do this and my two of my cords were messed up and it was totally throwing me off so now they're back where they should be
0: oh <laughs> so
1: there okay. we are sorry you guys well um anyone watching us live they're like what the heck is he doing right there
0: i i didn't know what you were doing i was swapping either. hdmis okay problem. Yeah. So that's just something to be aware of when you are in a marriage and a blended family. It's really hard when the other person isn't walking with you in your shoes and you're trying to explain how frustrating or how hard or upsetting this is. And the other person's looking at you like you're crazy.
1: Well, it's almost like you're alone in this. You know, you're like, I want a partner. This is why we're together. We're doing this together. I signed up, you know, to have a partner. But now... You're alone. I'm alone. But I feel like we get that a lot in blended families. Like there's a lot of having to, it's not that perfectly meshed family lifestyle, you know, which God intended for us. You know, it's a little wonky and it all, there's, there's so many different ways that it can play out. But at the end of the day, we have to learn to live with the blessings and not die on the hill of the small hurdles such as this one, you
0: know? Yeah. And I want to piggyback off what you said is, you know, blended families are, like any family, constantly evolving. You know, situations change, dynamics change, um, kids grow out of things or they don't and you think they're going to. Um, and so even, you know, blended families who've been married 10, 15 years, how things started out, you know, how it you can't predict everything that you are absolutely going to face right or you know like i said if a child doesn't grow out of a behavior or they grow into a new one that you couldn't possibly have foreseen type of a situation (laughs) or they're
1: still sleeping in your bed at 12 years old (laughs) didn't we just talk about that a couple weeks ago a couple Um, back
0: (laughs) yeah okay so but back to this um is it weird that bio mom doesn't want to meet the new stepmom
1: um hi Ashley Ashley says I have a friend like this personally would give me anxiety to not know the other person around my kids Mm. and I I mean okay so here's the thing here's (laughs) here's what here's my my take on that Mm -hmm. like it's it's no, sorry. I had a brain break. You're your laughing. King? I'm trying to figure out what you're laughing about, and now I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. I apologize, well, you guys.
0: Hang on, I'll well, get it back in just a moment. So I think that it's very situational. You know, some people just aren't ready. You know, just because you're willing to extend an olive branch or you would be so adamant about me. You know, you can hypotheticalize. I'm just making shit up. Okay. Hype you can live in hypothetical land all day long. And if you were in her shoes and if your pa you know, your kids were spending their time with somebody else, you would do this. But the thing is, is that we're all very different. And we all have very different fears. We all have very different attitudes. You know, it could just be she's not ready. And the same with extending olive branches. You know, you might want to make contact or, you know, like Brooke was saying last week on our podcast – extend a nice card like do something really nice and if the person isn't ready to receive it you know it's gonna fall flat and that's okay you know when she's ready I think that she will and she may never want to it could just be she's uninterested in meeting you
1: here's what my thought was oh good at the end of the day we can't even pick and choose who is watching over our kids who who are other our exes Choose to be in their life at that point. So part of it's kind of a blessing where you're like, well, you know, I guess I'm not gonna have a say in it anyways. I I might totally love her, but I also might totally hate her or him. You know, this person might be such a drag, and then I'm gonna be worried about it all the time that my kids around this person. You know, I mean, I guess you'll always have a little bit of doubt if you don't know. Um, but we have to remember at the end of the day, we can't choose who our ex is with anyways. And that's something both you and I have both struggled with at the very beginning. Now the grass is a little bit greener on the other side and we're kind of like, well, this is a blessing. Our kids like, you know, their step parents and things are good. You know, Um, we might not be best friends, buddy, buddy with them, but at the end of the night, we don't go to sleep being like, dang it. I wish that my kids weren't around this person. You know, it's, it's fine.
0: Yeah. And it could just be too, that she trusts, that her ex husband slash your stepkid's father is a good dad mm-hmm. and is gonna make good decisions, and she doesn't need to step in. It could just be that's a boundary she set for herself to just let dad, you know, do what he feels is right in his home and kind of put that invisible wall up to protect everyone, right? You know, to not create drama, to not. You know, I mean, and sometimes, you know, meeting the other person and making it real is daunting, Mm -hmm. you know. But it can
1: also be one of those things that's like, well, it's also a breath of fresh air. Like, all right, this person is not as bad as I thought. So it is definitely a a knife that cuts both ways or a sword that cuts, you know, both sides. Like, it's like, well, okay.
0: And so there's, I guess I, you know, there's a million different reasons why she may not want to or be ready to. Or it hasn't even occurred to her. There's that possibility. Or she just
1: might not even care. She might, you know. She's uninterested. Or she is, and she just doesn't have the right outlet or the right tools.
0: Or she's scared. Or
1: she's scared. You know, it it could be a thousand other reasons. That's right. It may be one of those things she really does care. And she's just like, well, I don't don't know how I would even approach that. I don't even know if it's normal to approach that. You know, like
0: you're saying, you don't know if it's how to handle this. Yeah. You know, she might not either. It's new navigating new waters to her. And if this is something that is on your heart that you really want to meet her or you feel like you would want her to meet you and you just it's on your heart for whatever reason, it, extend the olive branch, you know,
1: she might say no to it. I mean, she might but at like, least, no. you know, but at least yeah, at least you tried, you know, and so, she might see you as not as much of a. Uh, um, a threat at that point you know so yeah. who knows what's going through her mind
0: and if you write her a text or um, a letter and mail it whatever you do I would put that in there like when you're ready if you're not ready or you're not wanting to right now totally fine but when you're ready if you're ready I'm here I'm totally happy to meet with you and get to know you or at least you know you could put a face with the name and Um, and talk about the kids if you want, like you're, you know, I think that's only good and nice and something to put out there, talk with your significant other and see how he he might feel about that. He might not want that. I don't even know where you're, you know, you
1: might not even care.
0: Right. But you never know. So I would do what's on your heart. Talk to your your significant other first. But I think that there's nothing normal about blended families. You know, there's so many different personalities. There's so many different moving pieces. There's so many different um, backstories and agendas. And it's just personalities. It's, yeah. So I don't I wouldn't try to normalize anyone's blended family life because it's just I don't think it's possible. Right. Okay, her second question, how to manage the inevitable inequality when it comes to my fiance, he lets his daughter get away with so much, yet hammers down with mine. I fully realize we have different patient levels for our own children, which is so true. Just know that. (laughs) But it's getting so out of hand. His daughter is easily bull- oh, is essentially bullying my kids, mm-hmm. manipulating situations to become the victim when she's been in the wrong. She disrupts the day for hours upon hours with tantrums because she isn't getting her way. She enjoys seeing my kids get in trouble in the level of tattletaling, and I have reached my max level here. I have four kids, remember. Ha, ha, ha. It's beyond frustrating to me because I'm at the point of dreading her weeks with us. I feel terrible, but we never had a smooth fr- a smooth week, never. She's been catered to so much and my kids see the inequality. My four kids share two rooms and she has her own and it's the biggest. We moved in and made all the adjustments. I'm having a hard time finding the joy. My kids can be little monsters, too, and I'd love to chalk it up to patients, but it's gotten beyond that, and I find it difficult to talk about it with my fiance without uh, upsetting him or blaming his ex like that's their mother and her, oh, well, type of a thing. So basically, he, and that's like, we're going to just one of those at a time. Yeah,
1: but you know what? Like, everyone got talked about. I mean, everyone got talked about, but- Everyone had a finger pointed at them, except for the the person who I truly think is to blame for this. And it's such a hard pill to swallow. But in this situation, I think it's the father's fault. He has allowed her to get away with this type of behavior so long. He's allowed for it to happen. And this is going to be a very, very hard bridge to cross, you know, a big hurdle to jump because it's going to be a hard conversation. We're always talking about those hard conversations. We're just communication in general. And this is going to be one that is going to be a list of all these things. You know, I mean, you do acknowledge that, you know, your kids can be little monsters also. I mean, we all can. I'm almost 39 years old and I can be a little monster still too. It's just human nature. But when you allow... Bad. It's like a it's like a puppy. It's like a dog, you know. If you never teach, if you never potty train the dog to go outside, the dog's gonna potty. It's gonna pee in the house constantly. It's gonna pee wherever it feels like.
0: We do nothing know nothing about that.
1: <laughs> He's getting better. I have not found. I have not found a good. You I thought did I yesterday did, it wasn't. It was water. Oh. Um, anyways, it, it's one of those things though. If you never correct behavior in a child, it's never gonna get better, you know. And ultimately, it's dad's place in this household to correct that behavior, unless dad has given the reins over to um, his fiance, you know, and been like, hey, you know, you're allowed to discipline too. And if that's the case, then take those reins and discipline, you know, get all the kids on the same page. So, and I mean, something that, I feel like we struggled a little bit with this at the beginning. You know, all of our kids are so different. We have, you know, four kids, Every single personality of each kid, behavior, um, habits, everything is so much different in all four of our kids. And it took us quite a while to really get those wheels rolling. And we're still not perfect. I mean, we've been together for years and years, and we're still not, like, exactly where we'd li- like to ideally be. But it's gotten a lot better, you know? What do you think?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, if you're dreading... Well, first thing I want to say is bullying in the household shouldn't be allowed. So, what? And you can put a stop
1: to that. Well, here's
0: the deal. Like, if anyone were bullying my children, I would step in. I don't care if it's my stepkid. I don't care if it's my husband. I don't care if it's the neighbor. I don't care if it's someone at school, right? Your number one job as a parent is to protect your children. So, when it comes to that specific thing, Um, you need to step in and discipline your stepchild and, you know, be, say bullying will not be tolerated
1: and shamelessly, you know, like Like openly in front
0: of everyone. We don't bully in our house. This house does not, does not do that. that. No, not accepted here. You can go to your room until you can come out and behave differently.
1: Yeah. Now what, now what if, what if fiance, you know, bio dad doesn't doesn't agree with that
0: well your number one job is to protect your children so I wouldn't sign my children up for a life of that if fiance can't understand that respect in the household is number one amongst everyone amongst marriage the kids you know step parent and stepchild like you need to have some sort of bar right the lowest bar in our house would be respect We at least have to meet that. Anything above that in our homes a win.
1: And everyone in our house, I mean, and almost everyone is able to call that out. We're all right with, you know, the siblings, you know, each kid calling out respect. Like, hey, back off, you know, like, and, and there's a level of tattletale where if someone's picking on someone or doing something they're not supposed to, you can come tell a parent. You know, it's a safe, it's a safe thing to do you know, if someone is misbehaving. But with that being said, we don't have a lot of that now because they know we don't tolerate that. They know it's not okay to disrespect anyone in our household.
0: Right. And tattling. you can also, you know, if if your stepkids coming to you trying to tattletale on your kids, oh, that's a bummer. Why don't you go to a different room? Oh, that's a bummer. Like you can be dismissive where it's not getting the reaction that the kid is wanting it to get, you know? Um, and that's something that you and your fiance would really have to talk about. And just, you know, if, if tattletailing isn't proving fruitful to the step kid, to your stepchild, then it will stop. They'll get bored at, of it. They'll get bored of it. Yeah. Like you just have to be consistent with it, not creating the drama that they're seeking That's an easy one to shut down over time. You just dismiss it, ignore it, acknowledge her like, oh, bummer. Right. You know, but um, you just move on with life. Like she said, the wall is white. Oh, cool. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's not, you know, like whatever. The wall is white. Oh my God. You know, it's not. Yeah,
1: it's not something that we're going to even argue over. We don't entertain it.
0: So you don't entertain the tattletaling. Um, you stop the bullying, like you don't let anyone bully your kids, you step in there. That would be my advice for both of those things. Um, And I think that once those get in check, you might not dread the weeks. It, it Listen, it's going to get worse before it gets better, because she's going to be really upset. It is, a, I believe it's a, da- a stepdaughter. It's, she's going to yeah. be really upset when you start doing these things because it's going to be different so she'll push a little bit harder she might be a little bit more dramatic like to break someone of this it does get worse before it gets better and
1: it's a habit that she's used to it's a feeling it's a feeling that's what it is it's a feeling that she's used to when she's not getting that feeling yeah you know it's like it's like eating candy you know if you eat candy and it just doesn't taste good anymore you're going to move on to something else and you're going to yeah. try something else
0: yeah. because,
1: you know, it's it's just something different.
0: So um, if your fiancé, though, is not on board with you, I think that's a really tough thing because, I don't know, can you do this forever between now and dead? Because let me tell you, if she's raised like this now, adulthood doesn't look much better
1: no, it's only going to get worse. I mean, <laughs> She's going to become entitled. She's going to yeah. be Baruch assault. And is Didn't she turned into a grape? Yeah. This is why I'm thinking of candy. Oh, it was a gosh. terrible analogy, but <laughs> I'm thinking of I the little, the yet. little, <laughs> the little blueberry girl that gets rolled away by the, by the Oompa Loompas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Willy Wonka's chocolate yes, factory. Yeah. Yes.
1: That one. Anyways. So. Um,
0: yeah. You know, but this just, um, I, I mean the problem with raising up kids this way where bullying and bullying gets what they want and so does tattle what kind of adults do those kids turn into and parenting never ends right and i doubt your fiance's ever going to cut off ties with his daughter so nor would you
1: want him to but you don't I'm want just, like you don't want that for anyone
0: no but i'm saying if you marry this man it's a forever situation with his daughter. Right. So if you can live with this between now and dead and not allow it to cause problems in your marriage, by all means. And not but, even just in your
1: marriage. Again, going back to what you were saying, you have to protect your kids. So if your kids are like, I can't stand to be in this household when this girl's around, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. as they all get older. And yep. then it's just, it, it leads to bitterness. It leads to depression. It leads to... I mean, there's so many things that can come of it, you know? Yeah. It's going to enable her just to be a bully and become a mean person, and it's going to, uh, you know, have your kids just feel like they can be walked over because nothing happens to them. So then your children go to a workplace, and there's someone there who's just, you know, I mean, every I feel like every workplace has it, you know? But there's going to be someone there that just walks on your kids and uses your, your children as full-grown adults. You know, they're going to be in their 30s at work, And feel that it's all right for, you know, the person next to them just to, you know, mow over them with whatever they want. Yeah. It's a bummer.
0: It is. And I think that you need to handle it as the mom. You need to handle it with your stepdaughter. And, you know, your fiance may not like it. He probably, in fact, at first isn't going to like it. But you let him sit with it. Just because he doesn't like it doesn't mean he's going to leave. Just because he doesn't like it doesn't mean he doesn't know you're right. Sometimes it just takes time. Like we all get challenged and stretched as parents and wives and husbands. And we don't always like it because change is hard. And we don't like to know that we're wrong. And we're very defensive about our own children and our own parenting. Even if we know we're doing the wrong thing. Sometimes we just like to do the easy thing.
1: But you know what, she's also, she's in a very, I guess, ideal situation to deal with this right now. You guys are fiance, you're not husband and wife yet, and this is really going to be a testament of, can we, can we do this? Is this right to blend our families? Because if he's like, you can't discipline my child, you know, and it turns into a big thing over time, not just a one, one argument thing, but you know, it turns into something like you said, when he's just like, I'm not doing this, I'm out. It's better to find out now than it is once you guys have married and I, and that's the that's the worst way of thinking about this but it's it's how you have to be thinking. You have to be protecting your kids, your family, yourself and you want the best for everyone including including your fiance, including his daughter. You want this all to work out, right? And with that you want to find out if this can work out sooner than you do later. So start having those conversations.
0: Yeah, and you want your husband to respect you. And your husband isn't going to respect you if he can also walk all over you. Right. You know, if he's if he knows it's wrong, because I I don't think anyone would be like bullying's okay. You know, most people know it's wrong or tattletaling, most people know that's wrong. Like these are general generally accepted not awesome behaviors that we want our kids to do right so um
1: Tattletelling's is t- kind of like that fine line though you know you want your kids to feel safe to tell something but you also there's like a definition probably of tattletale which I don't know <laughs> but you want you want kids and people to be able to You know, I mean, like you hear the term all the time now, whistleblower.
0: Or see something, say something.
1: That, exactly. That's technically being like, be an adult tattletale. You know, it's all right now, but we've been so, another big word is deprogrammed of it as children, you know, not to do this. So getting them to find that right balance of being able to be like, you are just nagging and there's nothing to be telling on versus... Like, no, little Johnny is up on the roof and he has cardboard wings on and thinks he can fly. Like, there's your see something, say something. Like, when there's a true concern, it's all right to come to us. But just because, you know, little Susie keeps using the blue crayon and you want the blue crayon and it hasn't been your turn, like, <laughs> uh, you're going to need to learn how to how to navigate the situation, right? So there, my point is there's a fine line of how to teach our kids how do tattle tell the right amount without over tattletelling and becoming a deaf and defined tattletale? Right. And
0: what's a really good way to teach kids? Spankings. No. Oh, I mean maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, oh, you have to talk to your kids. That's absolutely you what it is. You have to tell them. Kids aren't pre-programmed nope. when they come into this world. You have to tell them everything. So everything. let them know, hey, this is the kind of tattletaling that is good. You know, if someone's in harm's way, if there's danger, if they're going to hurt themselves or somebody else, or, you know, hurt property that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it's, if it's something that could get someone in some serious trouble, if it's a sharing thing, try to work it out on your own. Um, but you can verbalize to your children the boundaries around tattletaling. for sure obviously. Uh, so like-
1: so buddy boy 805 said the definition is a person especially a child who reveals secrets or information on others a tattletale
0: <laughs> yeah well secrets
1: yeah yeah so it's getting your kids to know what secrets are appropriate and what secrets aren't appropriate you know they're You need to get your kids to be able to think for themselves to know right from wrong. And like you said, the only way to do that is talk with them. And it doesn't just come to this type of stuff. You know, we've talked about this before, but teaching our kids, you know, why we're saying no to something. um, Don't just be because I said so, you know, you know, dad, can I drive the car? No, you know, well, why not? You know, explain to your kids. Well, you're (laughs) first of all, you can't see over the steering wheel yet, you know. Third of all, it's illegal. Second, you know, you you tell kids why they can't do things and you explain it to them so they understand, you know, safety glasses, uh, leather gloves while working.
0: (laughs) And the hope here, (laughs) folks, is that they're bored enough they stop asking you why because they don't even want the lecture.
1: Well, the goal here is to (laughs) get them to understand why we do these things. And when it's time to do this stuff, like my Mm. kid goes into the garage, you know, and fires up you know, a drill or a grinder or is doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. I don't have to go check on him and be like, hey, are you wearing your safety glasses? Hey, do you have leather gloves on? You know, whatever it's appropriate for, you know, go shoots BB guns in the backyard, has safety glasses on, you know, it's those simple things. And it's not just because dad says so, he understands that a BB could bounce off something and come back and hit him in the eye. The grinder could throw something and throw sparks in his eye. You know, he's, Uh, messing with you know something that can cut his hand that's why you have leather gloves on I mean it's just a quick little garage analogy but making them understand why we do things Mm -hmm. is such a great and productive thing for our children Mm -hmm. of any sorts why do we brush our teeth not because mom and dad say so we brush our teeth because Cav because it creates cavities because you know and that
0: shit's expensive you
1: explain all of that stuff
0: dental work is a lot of all of it
1: all of it why do we shower not because you know we need to stay clean we shower because (laughs) oh, there's
0: a lot of reasons we shower
1: (laughs) because there's a lot of reasons kids
0: um yeah but here's another tip for explaining having talks like this with kids if you have talks like this with all the kids present it puts them on an equal playing field. So it's like if you were to have this talk with your stepdaughter about tattletaling, I would invite the other kids and have it over dinner. So it's a rule for everyone. It's not pointing out one particular person, right? It's telling them all this is the lines drawn. And it'll make your kids feel good that you're addressing the issue. And it'll put her on notice, but everyone's getting the same talk. And so, a lot of stuff I think is done in secret, like behind closed doors, where one kid's getting scolded behind closed doors, we're imparting wisdom on one kid behind closed doors. Well, that's when those kids we're get taking, all We're taking we're taking one it. set of kids into a room and having a talk. Another, you know, and we're not addressing the kids as if they're all of our kids. We're addressing our kids as if they are his, hers, theirs, my. You know. And that and could
1: that could be what's happening in this situation too. Is that that's how that girl's getting that reaction? Because one of the kids is getting punished, and that little girl's like, "Yes," and I'm not part of it. You know, she gets to sit back and watch it as like a, like that's, a what drama he, yeah, that's what he, yeah, that's what she said. You know? Like it's it, she
0: enjoys getting him in trouble, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: which isn't fun. But if you turn it into a family exercise, which we have kind of done over over the years, we use our um our dinner table time with all the kids to sometimes talk about things you know right and wrong and you know shouldn't have done this and we don't use, just use one kid as an example i mean one kid have, may have been the example and we talk about it you know but it's like hey but i've seen you do this before and you've done this and now everyone feels a little bit of guilt for it but they all at the <laughs> end know that's not acceptable share right? the guilt share the guilt
0: yeah so um that's just a helpful tip you know, talk to all the kids together. Address family issues as family issues. With
1: all the parents. There. With, yeah, are everyone. Like,
0: are. you guys are going to work through this together as a family. Right. You know, um, but it is important that you and your fiance are on the same page because if he is not, it will never change. Regardless if you step in with your children, if he's doing something different behind your back or when you're not around, you, it, it won't work. Right. Right? Wouldn't you agree? I agree. So, and the other thing, we're going to move on to the third question, or not really a question, but something I want to talk about, because she actually, in this email, ended with this. So, he excuses his daughter's bad behavior because she's just like her mom. So, oh, yeah, and
1: that's oh, gosh, and that's not funny. Either. Oh, well, like, type
0: of a thing like I can't control that. That's no. that's her mom and her.
1: That's OK, because Dude, also we've dads. all
0: dealt with this with all of our kids. And let me tell you, it is true. They're half their other parents. Yes, but
1: they're half you, too. But they are half. They're half and half. You guys go figure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really crazy. My son, he's 15 <laughs> Going and on 25. Yeah, 35. I look up now. Hello, son. But he will, his mannerisms are just like his dad's. Like, and I have to stop myself sometimes because it makes me angry. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm talking to to my ex-husband and I get like. This was
1: dinner dinner last Tuesday.
0: (sighs) It's rough. It's rough because I'm like, I have to remind myself, this isn't my ex-husband. This is my son. I love my son. I really love my son. And he's like, <laughs> she hey. writes
1: post it notes. I love my son. Puts <laughs> but them all it's, over the house.
0: Dude, it's weird. I look at him and he is his dad. He doesn't look like his dad necessarily too much. Like, he's a good mix, I think, of both of us. So it's not, it's the mannerisms. It's the way he says stuff. It's his little head. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. It's if just... you
1: guys could see this, there we are. <laughs> guys. There we are.
0: But it's it's really odd. And so, um, it's funny though. My daughter's ten, so I haven't seen that yet.
1: <laughs> you can't see yourself in her. I don't know what is happening here. <laughs>
0: do you think she's like me?
1: Oh my gosh! Do you think I've... that
0: my ex? Do you think my ex struggles with her acting like me and he mm. freaks out?
1: She is a combination of the three of you, <laughs> you, him, and Satan. <laughs> Just kidding. She's so sweet, but she. Oh my gosh, she is going to be a teenager.
0: She's going to be fun.
1: She's already fun. <laughs> I have to. There, <laughs> Anyways. <But laughs> there's anyways. times where I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I can't step in right now. This would not go too well. Yeah. Luckily, you're a strong woman and you handle her decently. <laughs> but there's times I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is gnarly.
0: Yeah. The girl She's thing. 10. <laughs> the girl thing. The girl teenager thing. Not yeah. looking forward to it. But right. it's a good reminder. So I feel like. I feel like there has to be some acknowledgement that our children are being raised, you know, halftime. If we share custody, they are going to pick up on the good, right? Because there's great qualities in every household. But there's also really shit qualities in every household. So, yes, our kids are going to come back with shit qualities and great qualities. And we kind of got to just roll with the punches what we've told our kids is, or, you know, our house, our rules, like, I don't, I don't really care what happens in the other house that doesn't happen here. So the other parents have, can do whatever they want in their home. And then we explain that to our kids again, like this is part of having two homes. So in, in, in dad's home, they do it differently than we do it in our home. And that's just the way it is. Sorry. It it just is what is, but it you is have, what it is. Right, kids try to manipulate the situation because they like one house better, or they, why it's not done there? Why can't it be done here this way? Because we're different people. This is a different home, different dynamics. We're not married to our exes for a reason.
1: Because <laughs> they remind us of you. Just kidding. I Ash, have to tell Asher my kids says, them says all this the time. reminds him reminds of his sister. Oh, so Jared feels you. Yeah, yeah. but I also <laughs> Hi,
0: like it's it's kind of gratifying like my son was telling me the other night how he really dislikes how myself and his dad so he really has a hard time with the way his dad and I deal with each other and it's over it's over like um dealing with drive uh driving permit issues we been dealing with I like, caught a
1: little bit of that conversation I heard you guys talking about it and I kind of yeah. stay down like ah, that's not my conversation plus I was doing like 30 other things but
0: yeah so I'm glad he feels comfortable and I have to remind him I said you know what son this is why we couldn't be married right like this is why it didn't work because and he understood like putting it in that way and having his concerns like um validated like you're right, it's really hard you're right. this is not my idea of a fun time either, and you know helps him with understanding that this is also why we aren't married right and how lucky are you that you have two households that are, are how lucky loving. are
1: you you get a break from it well, <laughs> how lucky sides. this
0: isn't your everyday life like yeah. if you know I have to remind my son like if if your dad and I were still married and this was life like how you don't like us interacting every three months when we actually have to would be your daily life like
1: and that wasn't fun there was a lot of arguing before there was a lot of yeah. and, he, and you guys were babies at the time imagine where it would be now
0: right and so but that puts like so you just keep communicating with your kids and having conversations and validating their feelings but then also being honest with where things are at and kids are smart you know they're um they're smart, and they're resilient, and they can understand. You don't need to shelter them in from... I mean some, but... Yeah.
1: We only have one.
0: Hey, two. Carrie. Thank you, girl. She <laughs> says my nails are looking good. Are they? Let's see them. My nails are looking mm. good. See? I
1: don't know if you guys have heard Julie okay. Sells. Julie Sells. They're not even real nails. They're nail polish strips. Yeah, I... S- I s- Color street.
0: I'm trying to bring some sort of income... Pay a bill once a month.
1: She's trying to step up to the table, boys and girls. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, if you guys she are interested always, in Color Street, let me know. I tease you about that, but you have anyway. always been a big provider in our family up until about a year ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Till the summer it hasn't been a year yet. <laughs> so if you
1: ladies want to get in on this Color oh Street nail gosh. thing, it's it's rad though. Like you've had, I I have to take you. And why am I your driver? I'm Can her you? freaking driver. I drive her to the post office every day to send these things out. And people love them. I you love mail them.
0: for my personal inventory. I write notes. Yeah. You guys can contact me if you're interested. <laughs> but what do you have to say about, like, kids being half their other parent and using that as an excuse for... I mean, that is an excuse. You don't let bad behavior go for any reason, that you're not doing your job as a parent if you're excusing away bad behavior for really any reason, I, right?
1: You know what? The kids are partially their grandparents, too. They're also... I mean, we have Jared Nasher on here right now talking, and they both different quirky Well, I, don't, I can't speak for Asher, but different quirkinesses of Jared come out when he's around his friends. You know, you say the same thing about me. I say the same thing about you. We are affected by the people that were around. We, you know, you you say, and I heard you on. You know, I I don't remember what you're saying the other day, but you you surround yourself with people that you want to be. Like, you know, you want to be a millionaire, you hang out with millionaires, you want to be a real estate agent, you hang out with realtors, you know, you want to be a woman of God, you surround your yourself with women of faith. Um, It's the same thing, except for we don't and our children don't have the choice, whether or not to hang around their parents, regardless, your kids are going to be around their parents, you know, us, the other parents, whatever. They're going to get mannerisms. They're gonna get facial expressions. They're gonna get you know uh, what I mean. They're
0: gonna get a paper bag over their head. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. So, you would. <laughs>
1: my point is, it's gonna it's gonna affect them wherever they are. That's you right. Know, everyone around them, and I never understood that as a child, and my parents didn't explain things to me the same way I explain things. To my kids, Um, you know, uh, my parents were wonderful. My parents are s- still they're they're great, great parents. But had they explained things different to, differently to me as a kid, I would have understood quicker. Where you know, I remember this one kid, Kyle. My parents didn't really like me hanging out Kyle? with him. Yeah, <laughs> he was watch. a <laughs> Yeah, like South drinks. Park, Kyle. No, he was gnarly. Oh. Um, like would cuss out like teachers and like he was just. But he was one of the friends, you know? He was one of the kids that we all hung out the with. And my parents didn't like me hanging out with him. And I mm-hmm. never understood that, you know? And but I knew deep down inside, like I didn't want to be like him. He was a naughty kid, but he was still one of my friends. You yeah, know, your and
0: face I, lights up when you say naughty kid. You're all
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we were like eight, nine, ten years old, you know, we were little kids. Now I understand, like yeah. my parents didn't want me to be like Kyle because Kyle's probably now dead on drugs or in prison, you know. Had he not changed the way he was, um, but under explaining that to your kids now, I explain that to my children, and I'm like, "Hey, I don't want you necessarily hanging out with this kid. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you you can't ever be around him. I'm not telling you." And I've actually had this conversation with my son when he was in elementary school, and they actually went to school. I was like, "You know, maybe you don't hang out with this kid a lot. I know he's bad news, but doesn't mean that you can't talk to him, be around him. If you see him in need." Maybe be a friend for him. If you see him doing something wrong, you know, maybe explain to him why he shouldn't do something wrong. And don't do it from that tattletale sense, but do it from a place of concern. Do it being a friend and, you know, just being there for people and understanding and teaching kids that way, I think resonates a lot more because, you know, if you tell them one thing and don't explain it to them, they don't, it doesn't necessarily resonate. Like kids need to be taught like we were talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Amen. it is all about who you know
1: and who you're around.
0: It's how you grow and what you do and what you do and decisions you make. But you should not excuse away bad behavior in your home because your child's half their other parent. Are we still on the second question? That's the third question. Oh, it
1: was. Okay. We have a fourth.
0: We have five. Oh
1: my gosh, you guys. All right. You're in it for the long haul. Yep. All right. I wanna give a shout out real quick to cool. Miss E. Lentz. I think that's how you pronounce it. I was talking to her not she she commented on one of our um uh, podcasts and has like big blended family going with good stuff going for her and not so good stuff going for her. And I just had to remind her like you've got a blended family, <laughs> that's you know. Life.
0: We but have I invited her to
1: to listen in any time and chime in on any of this but she's nice. you know she's one that's like hey I'm gonna binge your podcast and we get we get a lot of you guys so if you are one of them that are like yeah I'm gonna binge this you know or want to be on here and talk with us live you know it some sometimes it doesn't work out for people but feel free to write us in like all tonight's questions are written in by someone so if you've got um, you know questions or just thoughts you want to bounce off us of, so like feel free to
0: Yeah, and you can always, we're a great excuse to start conversations in your own home. Yeah. You know, like a conversation that you're having a really hard time bringing up. You can be like, I listened to this crazy couple, and (laughs) they were saying this, and what do you think about that? And you can begin conversations totally throwing us under the bus. Yeah, use us. Use us. (laughs) We're (laughs) a good catalyst for that. Um, Okay, so second person who's writing in. Okay. We have two more questions. Okay. Um it's she says hi I have a question for your podcast my husband also listens to so it is a response um so a response on there would be helpful here we are His youngest son 7 has trouble following directions It could just be that he's a 7-year-old boy but we'll continue on We've talked about having respect in our home and I understand that we have different parenting styles I typically expect a child to do what is asked for the first or second on the first or second time. He will give multiple chances like four or more before expecting the child to follow directions. This has been an issue with safety concerns. I feel like when a child isn't obedient when asked to do something like put his father's tools down or stop sticking his finger into the lighter oh, charging open oh, the light lighter light. charging thing in the car. Uh huh. That it is disrespectful for him not to listen when asked the first time. Respect is big for me. And as a teacher, I hold the, these expectations for my students, and I hold these expectations for my own bi- biological daughter who is 12. I do give reasoning when I ask his kids to do or not do something because I believe it's important they know why I'm requesting whatever I'm asking. I feel disrespected when they do not listen slash follow the rules when reminded or asked more than once or twice. Is this a respect thing or is this a parent style difference thing? How, that's a really wise, insightful question to ask, it by is. the way. How can I have safety concerns addressed the first time I ask instead of feeling frustrated? Or what should I be doing to handle this? Do you want us to go uh, will first? you let me know?
1: I feel like I struggle with this quite honest, quite mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Right, buddy? He's listening. Mm-hmm. See, he's saying for real, mm-hmm. for real.
0: Mm-hmm. Because what is allowed is what's going to continue. Yeah,
1: and then so I get to the point. So you don't stop it. But how do you stop it? Because I get to the point to where then I'm angry, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, mm-hmm. I'm swearing, I'm angry, <laughs> I'm swearing.
0: Because that's what you've allowed it to get to. Yeah,
1: but how do you get it past that point? I'm I, we're we're all we're all banking on you here for a good answer.
0: Well, I think that there's consequences the first or second time, and you stay consistent with it. Yeah. So first time you're ignored, second time you're ignored, then you lose everything for three hours. Cool. Done, and you.
1: So it's about punishment. It's about it's
0: about consequences. Uh, consequences.
1: That's the word. Yeah. It's
0: not even punishment. You're teaching your children respect. To listen, and you're teaching your children that there's consequences for not doing so, right? If you stick, if safety is, you know,
1: that that cracks me up. I'm kind of like, eh, just let them find out what happens. You know, 12 volt battery's gonna <laughs> hook them up. You know, it's but, not gonna kill them like the wall socket is, but
0: but kids have to learn that there's consequences for not listening, and that goes way beyond being a kid and your parents, right? Like that's life. You know, your kids married and can't be in relationship with someone because they never learned that there's consequences for not listening. Right. What happens when you don't listen to your spouse? You tell me how great of a marriage you're going to have. What? what hap- right. What happens <clears throat> when your friend, you know, you're not listening to your friends or, um, you know, a cop pulls you over and you're like ignoring the cop when they're speaking to you. You tell me there's no, co- I mean, it goes so far beyond And there's different levels the of it. hear. Right, but... You know, if you allow your children to get away and get to time four, then that's the boundary that they know you've set. And their kids are born to like push boundaries. I don't know.
1: I've gotten. They uh, just
0: always will. Yeah. So Uh,
1: my my problem is usually when this stuff is happening, you know, like, for instance, I'm peeking my head in his room and being like, hey, those dishes are still there. You need to take them out and get rid of them. And I'm usually peeking my head in his room not to be like hanging out but because I'm leaving, I'm going somewhere, I'm doing something, I'm in a hurry, and I'm letting him know, and then I come back later and those dishes are still there. So
0: And what's the consequence for that? So
1: for tonight, for today's consequence, boys and girls, he'll tell you. Um Asher and Jared, they both know the consequences. Asher doesn't have school tomorrow. Jared wanted Asher to come over and stay the night. And I said, "Well, have you done this, this or this that I've asked you?" Tomorrow no. Tomorrow night's Friday. At some reason, they don't have school tomorrow. The kids don't have school or he doesn't. Oh, he was going to
0: come stay tonight?
1: Yeah. He asked if Ah. he could. I said, I said, Jared, did you do any of the stuff I asked you? No, but I'm going to right now. I said, no, that's not the way that this works. Like, no, he's not staying the night. That's why. So therefore, they're on our podcast in two separate rooms in two separate cities all by themselves. Yeah. Consequences, boys and boys.
0: So I think that there's just, there's got to be consistency. You can't do it one time and right. then expect him to be perfect from no, here on now. Exactly. Right. It's like you have to chip away because the longer something's continued, the longer any behavior is allowed to continue, the harder it is to break. The more work it is to break. Let the, me tell you. Well, it is, especially, you know, if you can nip it in the bud when they're two and three years old. You know, you don't have as hard a time when they're 15. If you didn't address it till they're 15, 16 years old, and now they're teenagers, and you've got 15, 16 years of it's been okay for bad this behavior, long. behavior, yeah. You know, and you have to undo 15, 16 years with the bad behavior, and you think it's going to happen overnight? That's unrealistic. This kind
1: of goes back to like the second question that was asked too, you know. That's why um, you use those examples to talk to all the kids so it... You don't have to keep having these individual conversations. You yeah. nip it in the butt for the entire family, you know, the tattletaling, the the bullying, all of it, you know. You You set you down make
0: expectations it, for your family. Yeah, you
1: set down yeah, this is a precedence. This is exactly how it's gonna be.
0: Yeah. You know? And parenting's really hard. It's really exhausting. Nobody loves to micromanage. Nobody loves being consistent. It's really hard to be consistent with anything. It's really hard to be consistent in exercise or eating healthy or reading your Bible, or...
1: Not doing the do.
0: <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, do. like, or giving up sugar, whatever it is. So that includes, like, c- you know, consequences for your child. Like, parents don't enjoy punishing. Parents don't enjoy consequences. I think, I
1: think that is my biggest problem with it. I don't... In-
0: but you're not doing I'm what's not, in your kid's yeah, best you're interest. D- it's
1: a disservice. Totally. Yeah, it so becomes you, a hard thing, and you d- get distracted, and...
0: But what's the bigger picture?
1: Yeah, the bigger picture is... Life, life in general.
0: (laughs) I just, you know, but consistency is hard. So honor that, but then figure it out. Like you just, you have to, it's just, or it's just going to be, or it's going to turn into something that is, they're 18 on their own. And then you don't have as much influence because they're not with you every day. You know, they're their own person. You, your window of opportunity to have a big influence is kind of gone at that point. Right right? Like as much as you do when they're living under your roof and under your thumb. So don't waste it. What was the question we're talking about?
1: Yes. Doing the do. Right, Asher? Doing the do.
0: So how can I have safety concerns addressed the first time? Okay. If you're a step parent and you don't have the backing of the bio parent, nothing will change. So you need to get your spouse on board with you
1: or get on board with your spouse
0: yes if you guys are not on the same page the step parent will never win so you can scream at the rain all day long if your spouse doesn't back you agree with you enforce it themselves like even if they agree with you and like you go for it but they don't follow suit like you guys aren't doing it the same it won't stick do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Does yes, that make sense? You're saying don't be sticky. Yeah. If you if you guys aren't doing it together in the same way, it's not going to stick. It's not going to resonate. Resonate. Yeah. Right?
1: Do it the same way. Do oh it together. That's what I got out of that. Don't be sticky.
0: And so I think it has, this change has to start with your spouse if it's going to change. And if your spouse isn't willing to change it, then I guess you just focus on what you can control and do the best you can and try not to let it bug you because some things you just can't control. And why are you going to be mad about it?
1: And don't be sticky.
0: <laughs> yeah. And maybe everyone has to, unfortunately, maybe everyone has to learn by getting hurt or the wrong way, you know, the hard way, not the wrong way, but like the hard way. Like if people aren't going to listen to you, then I don't know. You have no power here, I guess is my point.
1: It's a great point you make. No power. No power. No power to you. <laughs>
0: Step parents only have as much power as the bio parent allows. Right.
1: Yeah, it's a weird place to be because we're supposed to have lots of power and we have no power. But when it comes to our kids, we have all the power and they have no power. But it's being able to get on the right track and being like, listen, hun, I I respect you and I respect your opinion and I respect your parenting style. And while we're in our household, you do have the power. You know, you have the power to punish, scold, reward, beat, whatever it may be. Yeah, <laughs> really. but if
0: they're not gonna do the same, then you just get made to be the bad person. Right,
1: of course. Yeah. You, you know, so it has it's to,
0: unfair to make the step parent be the heavy, be the disciplinarian, I wasn't be the asshole. Call you heavy, asshole. Right, but like seriously, why should the step parent have to be the asshole when the bio parent is like,
1: Perfectly capable of Your being the
0: stepmom answer. said, like fuck that.
1: Oh come on.
0: No, like you. We th- don't
1: want monetization, you guys. We throw it out the window.
0: But really, sticky, <laughs> it sticky, it sticks. Yeah. But anyway, it's also not fair to use the step parent as a scapegoat to do the hard shit For that sure. you don't want to do. Because if you're not going to be in it with them, then you're just a coward of a parent. Sorry, bye. What, what,
1: what noise does the coward make? I know what the fox says. What's the coward say? <laughs> Let's
0: move on to her last question. Okay. All right. Um, I was sitting in my living room tonight feeling disconnected. My husband and his daughter are playing tag and laughing, and it hit me like a brick that my ex is right there in the room keeping me out of my new family and happiness. Here's some backstory. We've got quite a bit of parental, per, parent, okay, parental, parental, thank you, alienation going on, as in my son's dad is constantly trying to shape me into someone I'm not, pulling my son from me. Luckily, I have full custody, and most of the time with him, but as he gets older, I have less and less persuasiveness in the situation, and beginning to realize my son is playing into the drama with his dad at every chance. He's creating it, he's nourishing it, he's growing it. He's doing what he was taught to do at a young age, which is attack me. It's heartbreaking. And as I sit with my broken heart, I realize it's not just my ex holding me back, but my son, who is also choosing to engage in this behavior. And ultimately, it's me allowing it to affect me. Now, as I try to untangle this mess, I don't know how to jump into my new life without the strings to my son and the influence his dad has. I thought that the thought that comes to mind is disengagement, the best way I found to protect my heart. I don't think I can disconnect from my son, maybe disengage from the drama. He is 11 years old, and he is choosing to drive this drama that tears us apart. As I write this, I'm remembering all the times you've said not or but and, and something like that. You're right, I do say that a lot. Maybe this isn't a this or that situation, but a this and that situation. Love him and choose not to let his actions affect me. Live this new opportunity at happiness and, a, and companionship with a child who aren't so damaged, who isn't so damaged, and continue to deal with all of the baggage I drag with me. Any advice or particular podcast you would point me to? No, we haven't talked about this before on here. So I don't think anyway. No,
1: I don't think so. I mean, that is really deep. And, you know, I feel like you have been in this place before. You've been in this situation where you're like, the kids are bringing home parts of things or they're doing things that are sparked by the other family. You know, there's a little bit of drama that's, you know being drug out or you're being left out of stuff and you're the the easy thing is, well well first of all you're hurt the second of all the easy thing is to just be like well you know what that's the way it is that's the way it's going to be i'm just going to let it happen you know and you've really changed you know i'm thinking about um the example i'm thinking about is when it came to choosing your son's um schooling his classes you know the beginning of 8th grade going into ninth grade year And that was a huge deal for you and you were very hurt about it. But your son's just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to let it, you know, we've already figured it out. It's kind of what he was trained into doing. And um, it it caused a lot of hurt for you. It's not the exact same situation, but it's the same feelings, I feel like. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no? Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, I guess I can speak to that. But I also don't let me forget that I want to speak to the child here. Mm-hmm. Because, as a child of divorce myself and a very horrific divorce, like my parents had restraining orders against, like everyone had restraining orders against everyone else. Like my childhood and my parents' divorce was unreal.
1: It's still, it's, how long has it been?
0: Yeah. Like my biological father refused to walk me down the aisle. Because he didn't want to have to go to the rehearsal dinner where my mom would be at, and this is like they mind <laughs> you, they divorced. <laughs> they divorced when I was one year old.
1: Decades later.
0: Decades later. So, I say all that to say I want to touch on the child thing because I've dealt with both parents really pulling me into their court and how confusing that is, um, as a kid. So, as a parent though, to have your kids seemingly pulled away from you is heartbreaking. I, there's nothing I could say that's going to make it not be that because it just is. I think that, well, it's different for you because you say you have full custody of your son. Um, so, that's interesting to me that this is happening with you having full custody of your son. Yeah, I would
1: almost think it would be the opposite way of like him feeling that way when your son comes from there. But you know, that's interesting.
0: Maybe your son is just, you know, one thing that I've learned is that boys tend to around that age kind of shift and want their dads. They kind of, um, we, we, we learned this in marriage counseling, like at that age. And this is something that I had to deal with in the situation with my son is that boys look to their dads for guidance, guidance, answers, um, direction in life. Like that's just natural. So it could be, he's just doing this because it's the time of life where boys, they disengage from their moms a little bit because they're not so needy for the nurture at, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten,
1: 10. But it comes back around eventually, right?
0: It does, but um, it could be that he's acting out because he's just really wanting his dad, missing his dad, seeking his dad, wanting his dad's approval, and knows that if he acts like this, he'll get his dad's approval. Um, so it might be time for him to spend some time with his dad. I don't know the situation or if that's an option for you to allow him, you know, for dad to have more custody... But it could be an explanation for what's happening. Um, As a parent, you just got to navigate that the best way you can. Um, I share custody. So in this specific situation that Eric was talking about, I just felt completely cut out of the opportunity to decide my child's school path. And that's kind of important when your child wants to go to college and you kind of want to be involved And
1: in. when you felt really hurt hurt about it too because you're like truly at the end of the day you're the one who cares mostly about the schooling in college where you feel like his dad was like doesn't care about college doesn't care about schooling I don't feel like you feel so much so strong about that anymore but at that point you were like I'm the one that cares about his grades I'm the one that cares about him going to college and doing all this and like I'm not even having a say You know, it's just coming to you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, it never feels good to feel sidestepped or dismissed or disregarded in such a big area of your, I mean, school's a huge thing in your children's lives. And to be cut out of that was hurtful. You know, for his dad and step and my kid's stepmom to completely just cut me out of all that was par for the course, but hurtful. And that's now the pattern, you know, because that's just what they've continued to do. So, um, Am I go- so here's but am I going to go to court and fight about that? No. No, I'm not because that's just going to create shit. No, but what you, but, what, but what did you
1: do? You d- you wanted to just be like this is terrible. I want to just curl up in a ball and cry and hide and not deal with any of it. But what did you end up doing?
0: I don't remember. What you talked I-
1: to him about it. You told oh. him how this affected you, how it made you feel, mm-hmm. you know, what and it's happened a few more times since then in other aspects. Of... And it
0: continues to happen with school every year. I have no idea what path my kid's on. I don't know what classes he's choosing. The three of them sit down and do it all together. And,
1: But he knows this is important to you. He's aware of it because of this first time. He does,
0: ha- but he also has a le- You know, it's very difficult to be a child of divorce and be stuck between two parents that you love equally. And that's kind of the other side of this I want to talk about because it's very confusing to have two people you love in each ear saying different things. It's really hard because you want both parents to accept you. You want both parents to love you. You want both parents to seek you. You know, you, you are born wanting your parents' affection, Um. And so when they're at such odds or have such differing opinions, it's it's really hard to navigate that as a child and there's no help because you can't go to either parent, right, in well, this situation.
1: Yeah, and you're also probably just very confused as a child, too, because yeah. you don't know that it's all right to not choose sides or that it's all right to choose both sides, whereas a child, you feel pressured to choose one side or the other, right? Yeah.
0: As a child, you do look at it like an or situation, mom or dad. It can't be mom and dad. That's a, the and word that I talk about is a maturity level that just comes with time and experience. You know, Wisdom. you can love both parents. It's okay for your kids to love everyone.
1: It's actually encouraging to get your kids to love everyone because yeah. if they can, like we've talked about before, They live a much happier life. They live a a, probably a less stressful life where they feel it's all right. You know, we encourage it a lot. Like it's all right to love your Mm -hmm. biological father or mother and your and your stepmother or father and step siblings. You know, it's it's encouraged to like them. And then it's like, okay, good. My feelings are all right. You're validating their feelings at that point, right?
0: Yeah, and I think with this mom. Two, you can't enjoy something until you're done grieving something else. So what I would say is get counseling, get therapy, get a life coach, get someone you can talk this out with and go and grieve that you don't have because it's very hard. It's very hard when you see something in your home that you want so badly for yourself, but you can't have it. Because it's not, it's not yours. So, like, if you're struggling so bad with your son and, and feeling like your son is just pushing you away and doesn't want you and attacking you, and yet across the room is your significant other and their child giggling, laughing, having a good time, that's a, it's really hard to navigate that, too. And you need to honor where you're at. So you need to be able to work through the grief and those feelings, you know, You like baby steps, like one step at a time. You have to address what you're going through before you're going to be able to move on and fully embrace and enjoy the the joy and happiness that's in your home, you know? And I do think it's an and situation. I think you get to a place where you have this struggle with your son and you have this amazing home with um, a significant other and his child that you love. It's an and thing. You know, you don't have to deny yourself joy because you have baggage. It's that's not an or situation. So I think you really have to maybe get your child help. This sounds like a kid who really could use someone to talk to. It sounds like your son might need to see his dad more. I don't know the situation. Maybe that's not possible and maybe it's not an option for his safety. I don't know. And if that's the case, he especially should try to get someone to talk to him, um, get some help for him. Um, And then maybe you guys do counseling together, you and your son, to try to work on your relationship. We would tell a married couple, right, that was struggling to go seek marriage counseling before they cut ties, right? Same with your child. So I think you need help, you know, and I think that you need to allow it to be okay to grieve one thing before you can fully embrace another thing. And also open up with your significant other about how hard it is. Not that he should be ashamed for his relationship with this kid, but allow him to know that it like it can be hurtful. It can be hurtful and rob you of joy that you're you want so badly to have what they have and you can't have it. That's part of being in relationship with someone is being able to be open and honest and that might make you feel better, you know? And, and maybe you you plan a time where you three can hang out without your son and fully embrace the fun in that. You know, be present in that moment. Make a choice, like a mental choice that you are just going to be present and not let anything rob you of this joy.
1: Yeah, don't let that bitter- bitterness set in because... At the end of the day, like you want to be happy, you know, you want to be happy. And, right. you know, if you let that become a norm, it's going to just rob you of life.
0: That's so, right. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the right answer or a answer or you have more questions, but you are welcome to continue to write into us if you have more to say on that.
1: As are all of you. Um, if you guys have any more, you know, to talk about or have thoughts or feelings on any of this Please comment on this, you know, write in, let us know what you guys are thinking. Um, and like I said earlier, subscribe if you guys want to get the notifications every time we go live on this, or if you guys are listening to this on a podcast station, subscribe to it. We release new episodes every Thursday, and usually they are just like this episode where they are compiled of your questions, real people, you know, we aren't total experts at this stuff but we are learning a lot as we go just as you guys are so if you hear something that you can talk to or have good advice on something we are talking about or another one of our guests we're just trying to bring everyone together so please feel free to chime in like i said leave that thumbs up subscribe right into us we just are grateful to have all you guys here with us yeah so all right you guys we will talk to you next thursday for another episode of blended life
0: Thanks, you guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.